0: is real there's power in your name we find hope we trust in your ways we need Jesus is real
1: my friend that's a great definition of discipleship discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction of Jesus And Joshua's a great example of this. A long, like, Joshua's been in this for a long time. He's seen God. He's seen the ups and the downs. He's seen the children of Israel be victorious, and he's seen them be defeated. But
0: God has been stable, and Joshua just keeps showing on up. The story of Joshua is one of God's unending faithfulness to his people. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to show you how God has been faithful through the ages and how he continues to be faithful to you today. What is your answer to God's faithfulness going to be? Will you be like Joshua, following the path of true discipleship? That requires a long obedience in the same direction. Come learn today how to mirror that faithfulness. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Joshua chapter 23 as he begins his message Joshua's Farewell Address. Jesus is
1: real. all right. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 23. Joshua, chapter 23, as we continue and are just about to draw to a close this study in the book of Joshua. That you have to realize. As you find your way to Joshua 23 that this message I've called Joshua's final address because literally Joshua's at the end of his ministry. Now you have to think about it that we've walked with Joshua in the Bible all the way from the time of that the children of Israel were still in Egypt. See, Joshua was part of that group of people who were in Egypt under the heavy oppression of Pharaoh. And he saw the great deliverance that God brought for the children of of Israel through Moses. And when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, Joshua was Moses' right-hand guy. He was Moses' apprentice. He saw Moses minister under the law. He would be at the tent of meeting with Moses outside of the camp and he would see God's visible glory fall and he would sit there and watch this stuff. And it was in those times that he was serving alongside Moses that he learned who God was, and and what God's plan was. And then when it was time for Moses to leave the scene, to go home to be with the Lord, if you recall, Moses was not allowed to bring the children of Israel into the promised land because he misrepresented God by getting angry with the people. And God had already been preparing Joshua to assume the leadership, at least the human version of leadership within the life of the children of Israel. And Joshua was a faithful leader. He help navigate the children of Israel through all of the major conquests of the promised land. And then ultimately, we've been seeing in this Homestead series, we've been seeing Joshua being very faithful to fulfill God's word, to make sure that each tribe got their land allotment, to make sure that there was the cities of refuge, to make sure that the Levites got their inheritance. And really, Joshua has done Everything that he was supposed to do, he was faithful to the calling that God had on his life. And now it's time for him to say goodbye. And, you know, when you watch the testimony of somebody's life, I think there's something very powerful about the last thing that someone who's been used mightily by God would say. You know, it's like, this is a man who has faithfully discharged the office that God has asked him to occupy. And now it's time, he's done everything he's supposed to do and he you know it's time for him to be saying goodbye. And so he speaks to the people. Now, what's amazing is that as we're gonna study Joshua 23, Joshua's last address, we're not gonna find very much new material in it. But what I am always reminded in the scriptures is that when God repeats himself, it's because God wants to make sure that we don't miss something. Like, I always say it this way that, you know, my wife repeats herself with me because she knows I might have forgotten something, you know? And I think the Holy Spirit realizes that we can be a little thick-headed, that sometimes our hearts can be hard. Sometimes we're so focused on other things that we miss some of the big things But Joshua, in his final statement to the children of Israel, brings us back to some really essential things that I think is very, very important. And so we're going to break that open together. And really what you have is you have this chapter, chapter 23, where we have Joshua's final address. And then chapter 24, you have a renewal of the covenant that we keep seeing where God would come back and ask the children of Israel once again to say, this is what we want to be involved in. This is what I've done. This is my part to play. And the children of Israel keep responding, okay, Lord, we want to continue in this. And so jumping right on in, it says this in Joshua 23, verse one, it says, now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about that Joshua was old and advanced in years and Joshua called for all Israel for their elders, for their heads, for their judges and for their officers. And he said to them, now I'm going to stop you right there because I want to just give you a little bit of some time stamping here. Now you have to realize that The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And in that time, only Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who trusted God, remember when God sent in those 12 spies? And 10 of them came back and said, yeah, it's an amazing land, but we can't take it. It's too big. We can't do it. And Joshua and Caleb like, no, no, listen, it's an amazing land, and it is too big, but God is on our side, and God has promised it to us, so we can take it. And because the children of Israel did not want to trust God, the whole generation that was older Perish in the wilderness as they wandered for 40 years. So there was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then we go on in to the promised land and there are battles for about seven years, right? So there's seven years of these major battles like the battle of Jericho, Ai, what went on with the Gibeonites, the coalition of the different kings. And we've studied all this in the book of Joshua. And now it says after some time. So maybe you're thinking 10 or 20 years after the completion of these major contexts. Now, you got to realize at that point, Joshua has been in active ministry for maybe 60, 70 years. Let's say you give him 10 years, 40 years in the wilderness serving alongside Moses, seven years of hard battles, and then maybe 10 years. You're talking a guy who's been in ministry for 60 years. According to the book of Judges, chapter 2, we find out that Joshua died at 110 years old. So this was a man who was faithful for a long time. Now, I just want to remind everybody of this. Eugene Peterson, who is a pastor and an author, he wrote a book and he actually put the definition of discipleship as the title. Now, you guys know that whenever I quote somebody, it doesn't mean that I agree with everything that they've ever said. I got to say that because people get freaked out all the time. It's like you quote somebody and then someone's like, <gasps> you know, if it's your favorite author, but it's your not favorite. listen. All truth is God's truth, no matter where you find it. Amen? It's like God, Jesus is the truth. So all truth is God's truth, no matter where you find it. Back to Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson wrote a book called The Long Obedience in the Same Direction. My friend, that's a great definition of discipleship. Discipleship is a long obedience in the same direction of Jesus. And Joshua's a great example of this. A long, like Joshua's been in this for a long time. He's seen God. He's seen the ups and the downs. He's seen the children of Israel be victorious, and he's seen them be defeated. But God has been stable, and Joshua just keeps showing on up. And so now, because it's time, he gets everybody there. And because it's Joshua, he's able to call everyone together. I mean, you notice the list. All the different spheres of authority in the life of the children of Israel were invited, you know? And what he calls for all Israel, all their elders, for their heads, for their judges, for all their officers. And he begins to speak to them. Now, it's also interesting that it says that the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about. Now, if you recall, we keep seeing that, but we're also reminded that all the big battles were done, but there was still small cleanup that needed to be done. In a lot of ways, it's beautifully reminiscent of the way God's kingdom works today. Right? Like, God's kingdom is already and not yet. It's here, and Jesus is already victorious, but there's much still to do. Right? And so when Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's saying, because I'm here, God's kingdom is touching down, and at the cross and through the resurrection, God's kingdom is firmly established, but there is still much to do. Same was true for the children of Israel. All the big enemies have already been defeated, but each tribe had to do some mop-up work in their region. And Joshua's going to address some of that. But God's heavy lifting is already done, and there's still little things for the children of Israel to be involved in. So when Joshua calls them together, look what he says in verse 2. I am old and advanced in years. Now, can anybody else say that you respect Joshua for that? I mean, we live in a day and age where everyone's trying to be anti-aged. Everyone wants to look younger than they're supposed to. But Joshua's just like, dude, I am old, and I've been around the block. And for him, it's a badge of honor. Now, you realize that other cultures really cherish and value those who are older, the elders, those who are more advanced in years. Our culture, unfortunately, doesn't value it in the same way. And I think it's to our detriment because, of course, the book of Proverbs says that the glory of a man is his gray hair. The idea is that the experience that you have, all those years of learning— and experience that that is a crown on somebody's head that God has been faithful and they have learned a lot of things. And so I love the fact that Joshua is not like, you know, Joshua shows up and he's got his hair colored and he's got skinny jeans on and he's trying to look like he's 25. But he's like, look, I'm just straight up old. Like I've been around, I've been around the block. And I say that because even though our, you know, I always say that our culture values youth, but God values people. Our culture loves young things, but God just loves people, you know? And so Joshua just rolls out there like, you guys know I've been around for a while. I'm old. I'm advanced in years. And he says, verse three, you have seen all that the Lord your God has done in all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be the inheritance for your tribes from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight, so you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Verse 6, therefore, be very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand, Or to the left, unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you, and you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them, you shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. Now, he says, I'm old, and then he reminds them, like, you've seen all that God has done. Like, he's talking to a generation that has seen the hand of God in a mighty way. I mean, whenever, if you were a betting person, and even though they legalize sports betting, don't think it's the smartest thing for you to do with God's money, but that's a different discussion for another day. But what you end up having is, if you're somebody who would place a bet, what would be the odds you think that the odds makers would make on the children of Israel who've been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years, and they're going to go on in against a city like Jericho? I mean, you know that the odds are not in their favor. That anyone would say, man, the walled city of Jericho, they're strong, they have an established military. There's no way that the children of Israel are going to win. But there's one factor that odds makers don't put in, and that's the factor that God is on the side of the children of Israel. So this generation has seen stuff. They've seen God's hand in very powerful ways, and Joshua provokes them to remembrance. He says, you've seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who fought for you. Now, listen, we always have to remember who is the one who is truly victorious. I mean, we get to be victorious because the Lord is our savior. He is our victor. I mean, in some ways, you could say that you win the championship. Imagine you're on a two-on-two basketball tournament. And it was, you know, you're playing and it's a bunch, you're playing against a bunch of fourth graders and LeBron James is on your team. If you win the championship, you could say, I won the championship. But if LeBron James scored all the points, it's true. You did win the championship, but LeBron did all the work. And in a lot of ways, that's what's going on for the children of Israel. They were involved in it, but God did all the work. And the same is true for you. And I listen, we are victorious because of the finished work of Jesus, his perfectly lived life, his death on the cross and his resurrected and our victory is because of his victory. Now, we get to play a part in it, but it's a bit part at best. It's a bit part at best, but we do play a part in it. And so I love how Joshua like, look, you guys have seen what the Lord has done, and you are victorious because of what God has done. And when we begin to realize that our deepest, most abiding victories are the things that God has done, that causes us to praise, doesn't it? It causes us to get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes onto the Lord and we begin to live God-centered lives. And I think it's really important that we always remember where the victory came from because what happens is, is for most of us, there's a slow slide or we never realize. We think, I'm a self-made person. I mean, that's a really common phrase. The only person who could take credit for what is going on is me because I did this myself. Wrong. Everything you have is a gift from God. Any ability that you have been able to use to do something amazing was given to you as a gift. You don't own any of it. Can't take credit for any of it. And so we always have to remember where the victory truly comes from. Now, in verse four, Joshua reminds them that he has been faithful to administer his role in this. Notice what he says. He says, see, I've divided to you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribe from the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward and the Lord your God will expel them from before you and drive them out of your sight so you shall possess their land as the Lord your God has promised you. Now notice, he's talking about the great sea, the Mediterranean Sea westward. Now, if you've been studying with us, you realize that there are nine and a half tribes on the west side of the Mediterranean, right? Or the Great Sea there. That there's also the two and a half times that are on the other side of the Jordan River. But really the focus here is on that greater area where they're living. And he's reminding them, listen, those nations that are still in your land, you still have work to do, right? Even though the big battles were done, the little skirmishes still exist. Now, again, for each one of us, that's true. Let me explain it to you. The finished work of Jesus breaks the power of sin and death over a person's life. Right? Like, you have a sin nature, you're born with it, and then when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus has dealt the death blow to a life left up to his own devices that will live in rebellion against God. But, you have the responsibility not to pick up that cigarette. You have the responsibility when you go on the internet and you want to look at something that's inappropriate or you want to do something that's inappropriate when in that moment, when that temptation comes, the Spirit of God says, no, no, I got something else for you, but you're responsible for that. Now, the power of the sin nature has been broken in your life, but you still have to make choices. And so we're seeing that what God did in the life of the children of Israel, also the same principles exist in our life. Jesus said it is finished, and it is. But you're walking out the victory that Jesus has already bought is partially your responsibility. Like, here's a great example. I was just talking to someone just recently, very interested in theology. And I, listen, I, you guys know I like theology. If the book's over a thousand pages, I want to read it, because I'm just that guy. I love it, man. I think it's fascinating, you know? But what I've learned is that oftentimes people are into theology, if you were to talk to their spouse, it's like, yeah, my husband is really not the kindest person. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you're really good at theology and you're not a nice person, you're really terrible at theology, no matter how many books you've read. Because there's nothing worse than having all the facts right and getting everything else wrong. Right? There's nothing worse than having all the information but not letting the fruit of the Spirit be love and joy and peace and patience. Oh, Patience, right? And so what goes on, and it's, and it's unfortunate, I can see it in my own life where you can be so right you're wrong you'd be so smart that you don't really know what's going on and so you have to make sure that you get the right things right right and so you have to make sure god has done all the heavy lifting but there are responsibilities that we have i call them the knobs on our side of the wall Literally, like, God has the knobs on his side of the wall. He administered those perfectly, and we have knobs on our side of the wall. Even on the Crossroads staff, once a month, we honor one of our staff members. We call the award the Knobby Award. It's someone on our staff who is doing a great job at doing the knobs on their side of the wall, doing their job in such a way that they're they're really crushing it, and they're tending to all the things, and everybody on the staff sees it. And we'd love to honor them for doing that. And in the same way, he's saying, listen, all these nations that are still here— God's put them there, and your job is to drive them out, but God's already given you rest from all your enemies. So there is still stuff that we're involved in, right? And so he reminds them, of course, that they have to keep going, and they're going to walk in what God has promised to them. And then I love verse 6, and you guys know this. When you see the word therefore, what do you say? What's it therefore? You're Bible scholars. Therefore is a concluding sentence. Because of all these things, therefore... Be very courageous to keep and do all that the Lord has written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left, or lest you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor shall anyone swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them, but you shall hold fast to the Lord your God as you have done to this day. Because of that, my friends, be very courageous. Now, where did Joshua first hear that? From the Lord, right? Joshua, be strong and very courageous. So what Joshua does is he takes what God has spoken to him, and then he applies it. Listen, be courageous. Don't be scared. Don't be fearful. God's done a work. So he says, be very And he says, be courageous to be obedient to the revelation of what God has done. And make sure that you honor the law. Now, at this point in God's, what we could call God's redemptive history, the arc of God's redemptive plan, God has given the law of Moses. Now, here's what you have to remember. Nobody ever made it to heaven by keeping the law. You know why? Because it's not possible. There's only one person in the history of humanity who ever perfectly kept God's law. And who is that? Amen, you guys are well taught. You guys know your Bible. That's why Jesus was the sacrifice for the sins of the world. He's the only one, sinless, spotless, who could stand in our place. But for the children of Israel at this point, God's covenant with them was conditional on how they acted. Now, obviously, when you have a conditional covenant with a law that no one can keep, where does it go? To a bad spot. And if you don't believe in wait till we get to the book of Judges. It goes bad really fast. The most common phrase of the book of Judges is, and the children of Israel, what? Did evil in the sight of the Lord. So he says, make sure you keep to God's law. Now, what's fascinating about it is as Joshua is speaking about this, notice what the key to the law is because he gets right into it. He says in verse 7, Unless you go among these nations who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor shall you swear by them, nor shall you bow down to them. So really for Joshua, what his concern is, if they don't keep to the word of God, they're going to begin to worship alternative gods they're going to begin to fall into idolatry and if you know the bible and we've studied this together in the 10 commandments the very first commandment is i am the lord your god you shall have no other gods before me the very first commandment of the unique 10 that was written by the finger of god is a commandment against false worship worshiping the wrong god now what's fascinating is this is still the greatest problem that humanity has today See, the greatest problem that we have is that we want to elevate other things to be the object of our supreme allegiance and desire
0: other than God. Jesus is real. In today's message, Pastor Daniel brought us near the end of Joshua, where Joshua is giving his final address to the people of Israel. Joshua had seen many mighty works of God in his life, including the rescue from slavery in Egypt, water from a rock in the desert, and the conquering of the Promised Land. In his final words to the people of God, Joshua reminded them of God's faithfulness throughout their history.
1: Everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth. And love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at Radio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this.
0: Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will show us that in our lives, all our deepest and most lasting victories were due to the work of God in our lives. How do we respond to that knowledge? It causes us to praise God and begin to live a God-centered life. Even though God has already broken the power of sin over you through the cross, it's still your responsibility to live that out in your everyday life. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Homestead. Until then, may God bless.